Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The 23-yard line, McCoy in trouble. It is Reddick again, his fourth sack of the game. Well, that's Hassan Reddick. Um last year or was it the year before i forget anyway against the new york giants when was colton mccoy the quarterback of the giants was that last year right uh the year before the year before okay well there you go uh but double last year they had mike glennon and uh <laughs> and jake from uh jake from all state yeah right and glennon with the world's longest neck <laughs> yeah. um anyway uh but he's here now he is a philadelphia eagle he is in fact kind of all they've done since free agency opened, they lost Alex Singleton, and they got him. Singletary. Singleton. Excuse me. Uh, and, you wish uh, he was Singletary. Yeah, I wish he was Singletary. <laughs> uh, that's it, right? They, they, they ended up bringing back Boston Scott, which I was glad to see. I like Boston Scott. They re-signed uh, Greg Ward. Okay. Whoop-de-doop-de. Um, and uh, Fletcher Cox still in limbo. Right. But let's focus on Reddick because that's all we got. Um, what's his role going to be? I mean, uh, pass rusher, obviously, right. but as a he's he's a Sam linebacker is what they're going to list him as, right? Uh, I think he's I think he's going to be your Sam. Yeah. Is he going to have to cover a little bit? Um, that's that's going to be up to Jonathan Gannon. Um, that's why. Look, I I I like the signing. I, I really did. I I, I think Reddick is is a really good player, and I think he demonstrated that over the last two years. I mean, he was a double-digit sack guy playing with two different teams, uh, which indicates that he's scheme-adaptable. Um, but he's not, you know, he's 6'1", he's 235. He's not a guy, he's not going to be Micah Parsons. If people are going to suggest that he's going to be that. You, you can't put his hand on the ground and ask him to be a defensive end. He's just not. So you're going to have to play him as a, as a linebacker. Um, and if you put him in the right spots, he can be a difference-making player, which they haven't had at linebacker in forever. But a lot of that's going to fall on the defensive coordinator. You, you bring a guy in who's a good player. Uh, you pay him a pretty fair amount of money, which they did. You better have an idea what you're going to do with him. You know? And I, uh, I kind of want to see what Jonathan Gannon does with him because you're giving him a guy that, who can play. Okay, now, coach, okay, now you put him in spots where he can, where he can impact the game. That's going to be on Gannon. Um, and I tell you, I, I do not want to see Hassan Reddick backpedaling on third down. You know, I don't want to see him with his back to the line of scrimmage running downfield with a running back. You know, you you got to set him up to do what he does best, which is come around the edge and get after the quarterback. That's what he is. That's what he does. And it's going to be on the defensive coordinator to put him in that position. You know, they, they tried to go that way. The last Sam was, was Gennard Avery, who they, you know, I mean, they yeah. gave up. I mean, they traded a fourth-round pick. It, was, it wasn't like they picked him up for nothing. Yeah. Uh, and he came here and, and contributed very, very little. 
But that's the position, and you basically want that guy to play linebacker, but mostly to be able to blitz and put pressure on the quarterback. Avery was never able to do it, but you know that Riddick can. Uh, by the way, the news just breaks uh, within the last 10 minutes. They have officially re-signed Fletcher Cox to a one-year deal. So let us celebrate by playing a great Fletcher Cox moment. On first down, play action. Green blows up. He fumbles the football as he's hit. He lost at the Eagles' heaven. Hit by Fletcher Cox. His third of the game. There's that man again. Not only does he get the sack, it's a sack strip. Fumble and recovery by Fletcher Cox. There's that man again. Well, there you go. And by the way, Merrill's going to be doing that for the next few years as well. How about that? Yeah, when you talk about Eagles signings in the last week, that's a big one. Three more years of Merrill. Howie's a big one, yes. Three Uh, more years of Merrill. The whole gang's going to keep going. Yep, yep, yep. Um, By the way, I I just, before I completely forget about it, we had a caller in the last segment that talked about Zach Pascal, uh, the – uh, the the wide receiver from Indianapolis, who's now a free agent, who's been mentioned in connection with the Eagles. And the Eagles are looking for receivers, and Nick Sirianni coached this guy at his position at Indianapolis. Seems to me to be logical connection there. Uh, and we had the one caller who, who really trashed it. Uh, I wouldn't be so quick to do that. Um, I understand Sirianni's interest because um, the guy's a pretty good player. He's, he's, he's got, he's clearly, to me, he's clearly a slot player. You're not bringing him in to be to compete for one of the outside wide receiver spots. You know, you got Smith. I guess they're still hoping that Quez becomes that guy on the other side. But you do need somebody in the slot better than Ward, and Pascal is that. Uh, and uh, and he can do a lot of things that I know Nick likes to do. And Nick used to call these plays. I mean, he's a jet sweep guy. When they want to run the ball, they'll bring him out of the slot and they'll pitch it to him and let him run it. He runs good patterns. He catches the football. He's been productive. I mean, he's a guy that went undrafted. He came out of Old Dominion. Sort of fell through the cracks. He was under undrafted, bounced around, picked up by Washington. They cut him. Went to Tennessee. They cut him. Um, but he found a home in Indianapolis, and he found a coach in Nick Sirianni, who really got a lot out of him. So, is he a guy that's going <laughs> to that you're going to pop the corks and party in Broad Street that you signed him? Probably not. But for a team that has a need for that kind of player, a guy that can play in the slot, get open, catch the football, and do multiple things. He can do that, and I don't think he's going to command a whole ton of money. So if it turns out now, it's no, by no sure thing that he's going to come here. But if it turns out that he does come here, I think people who haven't seen a lot of the Colts and haven't seen a lot of Zach Pascal, I think they might be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I just think that people aren't going to be pleasantly surprised. I mean, maybe they'll be pleasantly surprised, but I think people thought like, hey, maybe they'll get Allen Robinson. You know, hey, maybe right. they'll, you know, they'll get one of the – one of the top wide receivers. They clearly have a need for somebody other than Devontae Smith who can be dynamic. Yes. And he's not dynamic. Who, he's, uh, oh, no, he, no, He's no, reliable. No. Right, right. He's steady. But, yeah, but he's kind of what you, he's kind of what you want. He's the girlfriend your... who can cook. <laughs> I, think, I think that's probably selling him a little short. I mean, he, I, I like a couple things about him. I like his size. Um, I mean, a lot of slot receivers are, are little bitty guys that can't do a whole lot, certainly can't block. This guy's six two two fifteen, so he can do some of that stuff. Yeah, uh, he can work the middle of the field. He can take the big hit. He runs – I'll tell you this, he runs really good patterns. Mm-hmm. He's got good hands and catches the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to do some tricky stuff, if you want to jet sweep him, he can do that kind of thing. Look, he's not, he, he's not going to the Pro Bowl anytime soon. But in a couple of years – in a couple of back-to-back years there in Indianapolis – you know, he averaged over 14 yards a catch, which for slot receivers 
is pretty good. So I, I think if you're, and again, we're projecting all this. I don't even know if this is going to happen. But sure, if it turns, but I, if it right. turns out that you do this, then I think what what is in Nick Sirianni's mind is he's looking at Devontae Smith as one receiver for sure. Uh, I think he's looking at Quez Watkins as the guy who can be the deep threat guy, who can be your nine route guy, that can be the stretch of the defense guy. He has that kind of speed. And I, I think there's more there to Quez Watkins. I, I think, hope so. I think he could really develop. I thought that last September, and by November, I saw nothing. Yeah, uh, I, he came along, but not quite as far as I thought. But if you, that other receiver needs to be a speed guy who can threaten the defense deep, and Quez has enough speed to do that, well, then if you're going to open up the middle of the field, you're going to work it with your slot and your tight end. You have a good tight end in Goddard. And, uh, you know, and Zach is, is a guy that can sort of play in there and do those kinds of things. So I'm – you know, I'm a little bit more thumbs up on on the idea of signing him than our caller was. Okay, and uh, and Again, I have no strenuous objection, but to take it back to what I was saying uh, a moment earlier, it's like, oh, not only can she cook, but this girl can I, parallel. Listen, parts. I know because like, you oh, and I two weeks ago we were talking about the wide receivers, and you and I were talking about, oh, you know, maybe Allen Robinson, maybe Chris yeah. Godwin. I mean, we're talking about elite yeah, well, players, yeah, uh, and you know, okay, this is what you got. But I think that in the right system, and in the right system playing under this coach in Indianapolis, he was pretty productive. Okay. Uh, D in Virginia has got some things to share today. Hi, D. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Hey, first of all, Ray, uh, congratulations on Maxwell. Thank you, D. And, uh, I'm glad that you guys brought up Claude Giroux because, you know, a lot of the diehard Flyers fans are pretty much, you know, turning their backs, turn their heads, and, you know, would hate to, you know, you know, log on and see, oh, wow, you know, they, they traded Giroux. I mean, I think the guy epitomizes what you said uh, earlier, uh, Ray, about speaking the truth. I mean, sometimes he was great, sometimes he was good, sometimes he wasn't good enough, but he right. always played and played hard. So, you know, this town loves a guy like that. So, yeah, I'm glad you guys brought that up. And uh, as far as the Eagles things, this has been a crazy, you know, free agency period. I got it. Um, but those teams that made some of those big splash moves, their rosters was built. Cleveland sucked for a while. Um, so did the Chargers, and you can say about the Bills, too. So these teams built up their rosters over years from getting high draft picks, whereas the Eagles were competitive and we didn't really pick high. So, hey, we didn't make those flashy moves. Hey, how we earn your money now? Build the team, draft wisely, put something around hurt. If he's not the guy moving forward, then you do what the GM does and go get us a quarterback. And uh, as far as the slot receiver, yeah, I'm not all out on Pasquale, but I'd rather Jarvis Landry. But as far as Eagles fans, you know, calm down. We don't need to go buy the bright, shiny object all the time. You know, let's, let's just, you know, build a team. Yeah. Well, I think that um, the opportunity is there. Um, and, thank, and thank you, T. Um, yeah, the opportunity is there. Uh, that's why I'm really looking forward to this draft. I'm really looking – you know, we all know how Howie likes to approach the draft. We know how much he loves to wheel and deal and play the board and all that kind of stuff. And he's never gone into a draft where he's had this much – has had this many cards to play. You know, he's, got, he's, he's going into this with, with three aces, okay? He's going into this with three first-round picks. Let's see what he does with them. I, I mean, I think, I, I think it's very unlikely, very unlikely that he's just going to sit there at 15, 16, and 19 and just take three players. Uh, but I'll tell you, that I think there is an argument to be made for that. I mean, I think there are enough really good players in areas where the Eagles have needs that you could get those guys 15, 16, 19. You don't have to get too cute here. The players are going to be there. You got the picks to go get them, but I. But knowing how he's knowing how his propensity to want to trade and to and to kind of make a splash, not just for the purposes of making a splash, but he just likes to, he you know he's not a reactive guy. He wants to make things happen. 
I have a feeling that uh, the Eagles, they have three first-round picks now, but they're not going to use them all. They're going to package or they're going to trade out or they're going to do something. I would not object if they use two of them and then trade the third one for a first-rounder next year, kind of hedging your bet with Jalen Hurts. Mm Mm-hmm. That wouldn't that, be the worst. I would be completely fine with. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be the worst strategy. If I were approaching it, um, if, if I were approaching it, I would, I would play the board. You know, I would, I would look at the board. I wouldn't jump to it. I wouldn't do it. I really wouldn't do it until it was my turn. Until we were up on the board. But I want to see. I want to see every move that's made above me. And if there's a player there that I really like, that and I and I know, hey, this this guy, this guy is a fit. He's perfect for what our coaches want to do. And I know there's, there's, you know, which we could trade out now, and we could get a couple picks later in this draft, and maybe get a higher pick next year, and do all of that stuff. And teams will be, if the phone will be ringing, that opportunity will be there. But if I'm looking at the board and I see a guy that I really like, and I know he can come in and play right away, I'm going to take him. Yeah. By the way, last night when we were at the dinner, I got to see this guy, Joe Santa Liquito, who I guess wrote your bio for the, uh, for the program. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Joe, you did a great job last night because they gave Joe a lot of behind-the-scenes responsibilities where he was kind of like hurting people from this from point A to point B and getting them where they needed to be. And, Joe, you did, uh, you did terrific work last night. Oh, well, thank you, guys. Right, you won something last night? <laughs> yeah, it's sitting on the kitchen table right now. <laughs> Listen, I actually was just calling to congratulate you uh, if it wasn't for Ray, I wouldn't be part of the Maxwell Club. Ray's the one, Jesus God, uh, was it 15, 16 years ago that went to them and just said, hey, this guy covers a lot of high school football. He might be a consideration. And uh, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in in a lot of different areas if it wasn't for Ray. Uh, I keep on calling him the prince of the city, and he is in so many different ways. Um, the most important question, Ray, is do you have – did you remember to take home – the uh, Tommy McDonald uh, piece. I did. I did. Glenn, there was a – and thank you, Joe, thank you for getting that for me and bringing it to me because I was thinking about during the night that I wanted to go get that and I had forgotten and you brought it. There was a, there was a t- centerpieces on the tables with, with, with pictures of previous Maxwell winners. And, yeah. one, and one of the centerpieces – was a really great picture of Tommy McDonald at the University of Oklahoma. Oh, and my, uh, and I, way, I my I, table yeah my table was John Capaletti. Yeah, and I saw that and I said, oh, I got to go get that. And then yeah. with so many things were going on, I totally forgot. And then at the end of the night, Joe went and got it for me. So uh, so Joe, yes, that that trust me, that will find a place of honor in our home. So, but uh, listen, uh, I, it, it was great seeing everybody last night. And I believe is it that the first time I'm part of the I'm part of the Maxwell Club. It's the first time in, in, in two years or a year? It's a year, right, since the pandemic. That's true. That's that true. we had this. So, and uh, couldn't, have been, couldn't have been a better event. Couldn't have, couldn't have honored better people. No, it was nice. a great, it was, it was well, a great one, and it, was a, and it was a great thing to see uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, who Joe knows very well. Joe covered him at Salem High School. Uh, and uh, in fact, recommended him for the for the Jim Henry Award as the, as the top high school player that he won, and to see him come back now as the uh, Burt Bell winner of Player of the Year in the National Football League, and uh, what a great guy he was. I mean, I, I got to meet him last night, and terrific kid, and boy, what a bright future has and he has in the National Football League. He's a really really special player. Um, did they they had the dinner the night before where you got to um. Uh, hang out with those guys right just a smaller group yeah um a little smaller uh but it was yeah they had a, on thursday night there was a there was a pre-dinner 
where they kind of just welcomed everybody and kind of gave us the lay of the land of what was expected of us on Friday and whatnot. So that was where I got to I got to meet some of these guys for the first time. And um, did you and tell then, Jordan Davis he's he's is going to be a Philadelphia Eagle? <laughs> uh, no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't. We didn't get to that. Get around to that. We didn't get to that, but he was um, he, he was there, and I got to meet all the all the other award winners, including the high school award winners. It was it was really a, a terrific event, and I I, I give tremendous credit to um, Mark Walpert and Mark Diano, the two guys who are really heading the Maxwell Club now. I mean that is that is a tough dinner to pull off, boy. I mean eight hundred people plus you got award winners that are flying in from here and there, and you got to get them hotel rooms, and you got to get them picked up at the airport, and there's so much that goes into staging a dinner of that scope, um, and they did a, a terrific job last night, and as you said earlier, I mean, Joe DeCamera, who really had to kind of pull it together as the MC, did a terrific job. It was a, it was a great night. It, it was really, really Real a great night. I mean, we've been to some of those Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame yeah. that go on forever, mm-hmm. and the speeches go on forever. And this one, uh, it was like it was like the Academy Awards. Like you speak too long, they're going to start playing the music. Move on. Yeah, they didn't start playing the music on me, did they? No. Okay, good. <laughs> you were great. Right there wasn't a, a dry eye in the house. I tried to. I try. I I timed it. I wrote it out and I timed it. And I I timed it out at uh, two minutes and thirty five seconds. So I figured. Uh, I went three twenty. Ooh, really? Well, that was the applause. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't forgot. count on that. I, I forgot that part. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't counting on no, that. No, I recorded it. It was 3.20. And, I, again, I really appreciate you mentioning me in there. I was very nice. Well, I appreciate you being there. Um, okay. Come up. We're going to talk some Phillies and get your calls, 215-592-9494. So, so a lot of our um, normal Saturday features we're not doing today because of all of the news. So tomorrow we will do our Shibe Sports this um, week in Philadelphia sports history. Have a good one. We'll do that tomorrow. Uh, we'll do what we're watching tomorrow. And what's great, Ray, is you and I are watching the same show. Yes. And I think we probably have different viewpoints on it. Oh, okay. Um, which is, I think you hate it. Um, I'm kind of leaning in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen two episodes. How many have you seen? I've seen two. Okay, I don't know if the third one's out. Anyway, I don't want to give too much away. But um, if, I may try to catch a third tonight if it's, if it's available. Uh, and what's the third? Oh, Ray's College Draft Preview we will do tomorrow. We do have Tell Us Your Story coming up at noon with Fran Dunphy, Big Five Legends, so you can look forward to that, and we'll get your calls coming up. Ray and Glenn, Saturday morning on 94 WIP. Scheib Vintage Sports welcomes college basketball to town and invites everyone to see a unique piece of Philly sports history at their shop in Center City. In addition to the best throwback apparel in town, and we all know Scheib has that, Scheib is also home to the legendary Spectrum backboard that was used in the 1992 regional final. So come and experience the significant part of what many folks consider the greatest shot in college basketball history. You know it, Christian Leitner, um, as, as Duke beats Kentucky. It's there. So stop by at 13th and Walnut before you head to your next game or any time that you're in town. Scheib Vintage Sports, where there's a story. In- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Every stitch. For the Phillies here, comes into a situation. Runners first and third, one out, and facing Kyle Schwarber. On a breaking ball, it's hit well to left. See you later. New pitcher. New ball game. Schwarber, number 19, and the Nats have tied it. Bang! Zoom goes Schwarber again. By the way, that new pitcher was Archie Bradley of the Phillies, Ray. So <laughs> mo- most of these highlights you hear with people hitting home runs involve the Phillies bullpen. Uh, and the music, which you may not recognize, is from the uh, hit show Stranger Times on Netflix. Um, and um, the, the guy who put this together titled it Schwarber Time. So that's why you hear that backdrop. Oh, okay. Um, I like the signing of Kyle Schwarber like I like the signing of Nick Castellanos. Um, and they, by the way, they got the two of them for the same price as Chris Bryant. So I'll take that two for one. Mm-hmm. And I agree with, I think Marcus Hayes, and I know Marcus Hayes is the guy who wrote this. And I agree with Marcus, and I am fine with this, that Bryce Harper, was the huge factor and the reason the Phillies did all this. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Bryce Harper told Dave Dombrowski, look, or John Middleton, I signed here for all these years and all this money, and I don't want to spend the rest of my career looking up at the Atlanta Braves, or this year it could be the Mets. Right. I want to make the playoffs, and I don't want to hear about this, you know, threshold you've got for luxury tax. Pay the damn money. Mm Mm-hmm. And they did, and so I will applaud Bryce Harper for that. Yeah, I um, I don't think there's any question that at the very beginning of the week, Harper kind of came out and said, you know, we need some help here. <laughs> you know, our lineup needs some work. Uh, and within 48 hours, you had the Schwerber signing, followed closely by the Castiano signing, and I, I don't think there's any – it's no coincidence that the week started with Bryce Harper sort of saying, hey, let's get going. And you get two big signings back to back, two thirty home run guys back to back. I think, but here's my and I, I how am I, how how should I say this? I don't have any objections to the two signings, mm-hmm. but do you get the feeling that there that there's really a a, a master plan here that there's a blueprint? Because to yeah. me, to me, a lot of this doesn't really fit. I, I don't. I don't know. Everybody's try, everybody's trying to put together the batting order and talking about it. how good the batting order is going to be. I'm going to give it to you. And it's I'm trying batting. to say, okay, fine. But at some point, you're going to have to go out in the field. Yeah. Who are you problem. sending out there that can catch the ball? Well, that's a problem. So here's your batting order, and it will it will back up what you say. All right, so Schwarber leads off. He's playing left field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene Segura bats second. He's on the downward slide, but he still hit 290 last year, 45 extra base hits. Still has a little bit of speed, as much as anybody runs these days. I'll, I'll take Segura as a two-hole hitter. Mm-hmm. Harper three and right. Mm-hmm. Castellanos four. DH. Sometimes he'll play. He'll play third base sometimes and and make you miss Alec Boom. <laughs> <laughs> he'll play the field a little bit or play left field a little bit. Uh, Hoskins uh, is in the five hole playing first base. Mm-hmm. JT's your catcher bet in six. Right. Uh, I'm going to bet on the young uh, Bryson Stott to win that shortstop battle. If if not, Steedy. But yeah, know, I'll, I'll bet not opening day. I, I bet you by probably the end. Of, I bet you by the end of the year it's him. Okay. But I'm I'm betting to start the season. It's probably going to be Didi. 
All right. Uh, Alec Bohm bats eighth with the opportunity to move up, by the way. If Alec Bohm becomes the Alec Bohm you had a couple years ago, I could see him batting two. But off of last year, I'm going to bury him toward the end of the lineup. Okay. And then whatever center fielder I have out there. And, I God, I hate that they signed Herrera, but maybe Veerling can play. I don't know. So that's that's my nine-hole hitter. So that's that's an imposing order. Oh, they'll score runs. I don't think there's yeah. any question they're going to score runs. Yeah, but, boy, it, you're right. It is an epically poor defensive team. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, if you look at and, – and your pitching staff right now, I mean, the great – you know, the great – Worry lurking in the distance now is Joe Girardi saying, "Yeah, Zach Wheeler has a little, little, little tired arm." Don't Boy, how many about. times at spring training have we heard? But it's not serious. Uh, not, nothing many, to really worry about. Yeah, oh, sure. really? Tell yeah. me, tell me not to worry um, a month from now, okay? When he's actually pitching, I that that to me was, I mean, that was a five alarm fire to me yeah. when I, when I got that news because because the way Girardi said it and the way he kind of just kept, no, nah, don't, it's not nothing. We're not worried about it right now. I have heard so many managers say that at this time of the year, and it turns out to be an epic problem. Need to see him on the mound soon. I think he had the flu or something the other day, too. They said, not COVID, not COVID, but I think he might have had the flu. So they think he's going to be out there soon, and you're right. I need to see him throwing the ball in the spring and looking good. I also think that, once again, the bullpen is just, you know, sign some guys and hope. Right. Um, With Knievel, they signed to a 10-year, not 10-year, $10 million deal. Uh, Brad Hand, uh, you know, once upon a time he was good. Yeah. Familia, who, by the way, he's got domestic abuse stuff in his history, yeah, too. He's, he's got that history. Yeah, I don't like that at all. All, I mean, he, all I've ever seen him do for the last couple of years. I mean, I know he had a good year in the past. A couple of years ago, We've right. seen that before. Yes. Uh, all I've seen him do for the last couple of years is blow games. And, I mean, one and, after another after another. Yes, and this is the problem with relief pitchers, which is – it's so hard to know year to year if they're going to be good or bad. Like when they signed Archie Bradley last year, I thought like, that's a nice signing. Archie Bradley got some closing time in Arizona, but not a ton. He's a guy who's ready to move up. And then he came in and he stunk. I know he got hurt. They always get hurt anyway. <laughs> so you were, you were a lot higher on that signing than I yes. was. Yes. Yes. To your credit, you thought like, what's, who cares? Well, my point was, you know, they signed him and said, ah, we got our closer. Oh, and I said, based on what? Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's he was a setup guy. He was a middle inning kind of guy. Had a little bit of success. Numbers weren't terrible, but he wasn't proven in the role that you signed him for. I know. So what you hope, because again, we've seen the flip side, right? You see guys who are relievers and they're no good, and then the next year they're good. Right. Right. This is the 2017 Eagles theory, right? This is the, everybody's Patrick Robinson. Mm-hmm. And so you just hope, you just hope that some of these guys end up having good years, and I can't predict whether they will or they won't. You know who's a critical, critical guy this year, and we never mention his name, is Ranger Suarez. I was just thinking the same thing because he was, it was a really revelation good. last year, total revelation. Right? I mean, like Ranger Suarez was just kind of a guy, and then he pitched last year. He pitched 106 innings with an ERA of 136. Right. Finished the year in the rotation. Doing great. Gave up four home runs in 106 innings. Yeah, I know. Nobody does. That's that's for most Philly starters. That's a game. But that's but that's that's the problem. It just seems. I, I, I'd look you at don't that. Believe and I believe it. Yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, believe it because yeah. he started the year as just another guy in a bad bullpen. Yeah, and then you kind of wound up putting mm-hmm. him in the rotation because you had no better options. Yeah. And it turns out that the guy pitched. He and I'm not going to take it away from him. He pitched terrific. Yeah, but. 
you're just wondering. He said, oh, I don't know. Can he, is, that, is, that, is that real? I got to see it again before I'm going to believe it's real. So if the rotation is Wheeler, who was great, right? Second in Cy Young. Yeah. Nola, and I don't think Nola was as bad as he looked last year. I, I think Nola's going to bounce back some. Hope so. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, Alvar- uh, not Alvarado, excuse me, he's in your bullpen. Um, Suarez is a three, right? He could be a three. You hope. Good three? Yeah. Well, well, listen, if, he's, if, he's, if he pitches to the point that he pitched last year, he's better than that. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to say I, I'm not going to get carried away to say he's going to do that again. So let's, let's just slot him at three. All right, so he's three. Kyle Gibson, who was good before he got here, can he be good again? I don't know. <laughs> okay. And then you got okay. Eflin, you know. And Eflin. And hey, at least it's not Vinny Velasquez. No, that's true. Right? We don't have to worry about that anymore. That's true. I just don't know. Um, you know, they're going to be you – know, their lineup is going to be really potent. There's no yeah. question about that. I mean, they, they top to bottom, they're, they're going to hit the ball. They're going to score runs. But – their pitching to me is is real thin. The bullpen to me still doesn't have any solid answers, and they're so bad defensively. I mean, they're no, going, they're terrible. They're defense. they're going to have to, uh, Glenn. They're going to have to win games. Thirteen ten. I mean, that's and that's, yeah. and good teams. Good teams that go. Good teams to go to the postseason don't play thirteen ten games. That's uh, that's not the way you play your schedule. Harvey's wall bangers. Or? Yeah, once I mean once in a while. <laughs> once in a while you'll get a team that can be that, but. Yeah. Rarely. I mean, you, you yeah. got to play better defense, and you got to get better pitching. I mean, they're yeah. going to score. I'll tell you one thing: this team is going to play the longest games in the National League. Oh year. yeah. I mean, oh, you, yeah. Guys, you when you go there, pack a lunch, okay, and maybe pack dinner. And a dinner. Because and a you're going to be there a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I, I, you know, I am not getting carried away with oh, the Phillies are going to be great because I don't think they're going to be great, uh, and I think the Mets are going to be good, which bothers me a lot. The Braves lost Freeman. I don't know how good the Braves will be. They'll be good again because they have a, because they have a great farm system. Because they have a fun, see, and that you, that's the point is the Braves just keep developing guys. The Braves have good young players. Yeah, a ton of them. The Phillies have guys they bought. Right. So that is a difference. Well, that's why they're in this position. That's why they have to go out and spend this kind of yeah. money to yeah. bring in these guys because they haven't been able to develop anything from their farm system. Yeah, very true. Brandon in Brookhaven joins us. Hi, Brandon. Hey guys, uh, first off, congratulations, Ray. On Thanks, your Brandon. Award. I appreciate it. And that. I, I actually was curious: is that a speech of yours posted somewhere that I could watch it? Uh, I'm not aware. <laughs> I'm not aware of it. Uh, you know, trust me, it, it 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 wasn't Kennedy's inauguration address. Okay, <laughs> it's uh, it, it. If you if you if you can stumble upon it, fine. But uh, you don't necessarily have to spend the whole day going to look for it. Well, you are pretty much day that shall area, live in so. infamy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but thanks, well, Brandon. It Glenn, was it was quite enough. Yeah. Glenn, I think you said you recorded it. Maybe with Ray's permission, you can uh, post it. I did. It's uh, I got. I sometimes have a tough time downloading something that's that long onto social media. But if if I can figure it out, I will. Uh, okay. I, will um, I have a quick question now. I now that they signed Fletcher Cox, I don't know if it, what how it works out, but I don't understand the dead cap. I saw conflicting reports on the dead cap hit. You either you understand it? Not, Ray, I defer him? to you. Ray, you won the Maxwell Club Award. Damn it, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it said nothing about the salary cap. Um, I don't know. I I I know this. I know that the that the Eagles talked to Fletcher at the end of the season about restructuring his contract, about restructuring, 
Uh, and and he and his agent were reluctant to do that. So that's what brought them to the point where, okay, we'll release you, and maybe we'll come back and we'll do a one-year deal. But um, And it was all – it was the idea in mind was some way to, to get him under the cap in a manageable way. Um, I, I believe if they go to the one-year contract thing, I believe they can get that done. That, to me, seems workable. The question is, will he find a better offer somewhere else? Okay. Okay. And as for receiver, I don't care. Just as long as Rager's not back, and they, any, they can put anyone else in that lineup, I'm okay with it. Yeah, so, you, thank you, 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 guys. All right, I, thanks I so love- much. You say that now, but I don't know. And I, 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 there's reason to believe Rager's not going to be back. I don't think it's a sure thing. No, okay. I don't Better think it's a sure 50 thing. 50. I, um, you know, you know, Howie, not just Howie, but any general manager doesn't want to admit to to a, a first-round bust too quickly. You know, they want to give the guy every 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 opportunity to come back and, and prove that he can play in the NFL, and that it was not a colossal mistake. So I'm sure there's a part of Howie that's, that's saying to the coaches, come on, let's bring him back and give him another try. Um, but the evidence through two years is not encouraging. And and here's the thing, Glenn, and I'm – he wasn't that good to begin with. No, I, you know, I mean, he was he was to me he was a huge reach when you took him in the first round. Well, that's what's tough for Howie to admit, though. Yeah, that, yeah, that's and what that's, you're asking him to admit. That's it's not like this was a guy that had a a really stellar college career, and you thought was a really good player who's come here and had a couple of really tough years. You can it's it's easier to make the argument that let's give him another chance because we've seen that we there's evidence that this guy's a better player than what he's shown. Frankly, there is no evidence that that's out with, with Jalen Rager. You go back to TCU, I mean, he was a very up-and-down player in a, in a conference that plays very little defense. So I, th- I, just think he, I just think he was a bad pick from the minute you made it. And the question is, now when, are you, when, are you, when are you as an executive prepared to admit that? Hopefully soon. 215-592-9494. Um, noon, tell us your story with Fran Dunphy. Ray, I'll let you kind of tee that up here if you would. Yes, Fran Dunphy, uh, well, you've, you've said it earlier. I mean, a, a true legend in uh, college basketball in this city. Uh, the winningest coach in Big Five history at two schools at Penn. Won a ton of Ivy League championships there. They succeeded John Chaney, stepping into some very big shoes at Temple. He won there. Uh, and what, unless you're, an old, unless you're an old-timer like me, you probably don't remember Fran Dunphy as a player. Uh, but he was a, an outstanding player at LaSalle on a team that a lot of people think may have been the greatest team ever to play in this city, the 23-1 and LaSalle Explorers under Tom Gola. So uh, Fran Dunphy has, uh, has quite a story to tell. And we'll get all that at noon. Ray and Glenn on 94 WIP. The football season is officially over, but the beginning of springtime means a few things. Great weather, grilling, and tire sales. So stop by the local United Tire now through March 26 to receive up to $70 back when you purchase four BF Goodrich tires. Nothing says hello spring like switching out your winter tires for a brand new set of passenger or light truck tires. Mark your calendars and head into United Tire where you can trust that you're getting the best deal on industry's most trusted tires. Remember, don't drive alone, drive United. Wrangland 94 WIP. This is when we go uh, check in with our doctors from Cooper Bone and Joint. Dr. Mark Pollard is with us today. Doc, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Good. Beautiful day out there. So, Doc, kind of news occurs yesterday at the University of Michigan Pro Day. 
David Ojaba. Ray, David Ojaba, sure first rounder, would look good in the Eagles uniform. Absolutely. And a lot of yeah. people were linking him with the Eagles, too. Well, uh, in a non-contact passing uh, drill, uh, Dr. Pollard, he goes to the ground, um, is there for a while, leaves on crutches with a boot on his left foot, a wrap on his left leg. Mike Lombardi, frequently frequent contributor, excuse me, to WIP posts last night. I talked to a few people at the Michigan workout. David Ojaba, the potential first-rounder, injured his Achilles. Horrible news. He doesn't say that he tore it. He says he injured it. I guess the question we are asking you is, let's let's look at the scenarios. Uh, if he tore it or I, I don't know what the step below that would be. Actually, Adam Schefter reported that it is a tear. Oh, it is a tear. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, Doc, what does this mean? Well, obviously it's not very good news. Um, you know, the Achilles is a pretty important uh, structure as far as allowing for, you know, explosive movement and athletic activity. And so usually when it tears, it tears uh, right above where it attaches to the heel bone or the calcaneus. And so, you know, the most of the time for young act- athletes, uh, surgery is done to put it back together again. You know, essentially, you just stitch the two two ends of the tendon back together. Um, but you know, the the stitching's the easy part. The hard part is that the tendon has to actually heal itself. You know, the stitches that are put yeah. in aren't strong enough to to hold the the forces that are going to be placed on it. So um, that healing process takes time, and uh, you know that time uh, can be anywhere from six months to over a year. Um, not just not just the healing, but also the muscle strength has to come back in the coordination. I think we can all think of some of the examples of people that have some athletes that have had Achilles tears. Some have come back, you know, very well, and some really haven't. And so, uh, you know, it's it's difficult to predict. You know, is most youth of the time, on his side? Uh, yeah, obviously, the younger you are, the better you are at healing things up. You know, it's not. 100%, but it's better to, you know, you have a better chance of healing it up if you're, you know, 22 as opposed to 35. Yeah, so, the, um, the, the case that, what, what this what this brings to mind is Sidney Jones. Um, yes, yeah. Exactly the same thing. I mean, he had his pro day at exactly the same time of the year, tore his Achilles. Um, Eagles drafted him in the second. He would have been a first-round pick for sure. Eagles drafted him in the second round, take a flyer on him, take a chance. Uh, and he basically missed the whole first year. He came back and played at the very end, like in one game, to get a little taste, but that was it. And then, of course, never became the player that everybody thought he was going to. Um, Ojabo now, different player, different position, bigger guy. But, um, I mean, is, if, you were, if you were the medical guy sitting in the room with an NFL general manager now and it's draft night, what would you tell him about taking a shot on this guy? Because everybody knows he's a quality player, would have certainly been – a mid-first round pick, uh, but now you've got this Achilles tear. Um, if you're talk, look, if the general manager turns to you and says, "Doctor, okay, here we are in the first round. Do we take a flyer on this guy or do we wait?" What would you tell him? Well, I think certainly the position they play plays a large role in how big of a chance you're going to take. Um, you know, somebody like a lineman uh, stands a better chance of you know recovering fully and you know functioning very well. Uh, after an Achilles rupture, whereas, you know, somebody like a wide receiver, a cornerback, somebody who absolutely needs, you know, explosive speeds for, you know, long distances, uh, they'd be, that that would be taking more of a chance. So, you know, as, as a lineman, if he was truly, you know, a transcendent talent, 
um, you probably would try to take a chance on that. Yeah. All right. Tough break for the kid. Um, Dr. Mark Pollard, always a pleasure to speak with you. Have a, uh, have a great weekend. Hey, thanks. You guys too. Right, take care, go. doctor. Ray, we're uh, we're going to discuss that more tomorrow. We've got to take a quick break here because we've got to get to tell us your story. We are on uh, till 1. Phillies follow us, so we want to make sure we have time for that. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.